this podcast is going to be all zest. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're deciding if Morbius will suck blood or just suck. Oh, there you go. Calling it early, Mike. We're, we're, we're not going <laughs> to back down from this one. Uh, we're going to look at a silver-haired, foxy-looking penguin. The silver fox <laughs> penguin. All right. Uh, we're going to figure out how big... A crisis on Infinite Earths was. Uh-huh. Was it a crisis? I don't know. And more. Yeah, and if um, if you are a fan of the Tennessee Titans or the Green Bay Packers, uh, you're probably not having the the best Monday if you're listening to our podcast. Uh, but this is uh, this is your subtle hint that we're recording this podcast much later than we usually do because those football games have just finished, and it is a little bit later for Chris than it is for me. But uh, we still get here every week and do it for you. We do. I'm running on four hours of sleep. I told Mike this. I, I did not get to take that nap we talked about. Oh uh, man. But I'm running on four hours of sleep. We are much later than usual. I'm going to get this thing up tonight, but I don't know if it'll be on YouTube. So if you're a YouTube person, it might come a little later tomorrow. Just uh, throwing that out there a little bit. But maybe maybe you have tomorrow off. It's MLK Day tomorrow, right? I think. Yeah, that's true. I some think, uh, I think have it off. some people will factually indeed not have to go to work tomorrow. So who yes. knows? Uh, I know uh, teachers don't. So that's about all I got. Um, but other than that, Mike, um, this is the first podcast I'm recording with glasses on. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there because I had a lot of people give some, some positive feedback for me um, getting glasses for the first time in over 15 years. And um, let me tell you, these notes, they're crystal clear. I see every word <laughs> I typed in here. Oh, that's great. I, w- I was going to ask you at the top of the podcast if you feel like you finally have gotten your footing into 2020, because I feel like the year is um, is finally off to kind of uh, kind of like off to the races. Once I start to hear people kind of like talking about the Super Bowl, because I feel like that's kind of like the the first big event of the year. I mean, there's some like there's some like Hollywood like critics awards at the beginning of the year, but you know, you know, usually it's not a big fanfare until the Oscars come around. So I feel like once the whispering of uh, football comes into my ear, uh, I feel like I'm in 2020. Yeah, a little bit. It, well, it's funny because it's like the last game of the year a little bit uh, at the same time. It's not the last game. It's like not the first game. You know what I'm saying? Like because Super Bowl spans or not Super Bowl, but the football season spans two calendar years. So I'm like, oh, football's done for the year, but I'm like, oh, but it'll pick back up this fall, won't it? So um, it's very confusing for me, but, I mean, if you're a uh, 49ers fan or a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I bet you're feeling good. Um, <laughs> you, I, I don't know if, if anyone knows, you just came from San Francisco, didn't you? Like, yeah, that, was it rioting that, up there? Was it rioting <laughs> when you came back? Well, uh, it, this goes to show you how uh, little I know about football. Is what I wanted to find out what these games were and when they were being played today, and even who was playing. I just googled the word football because, like, Google has like a little widget at the top. I was like, oh, these are the these are the conference championship games that are being played today. And San Francisco didn't start playing until I think it was like around three o'clock, and we were already on the road back to Los Angeles. So I had no idea where the 
the game was being played. So I would assume any big 49ers plan were already, they were already in place as we left. So that wasn't much of an issue. The electric but. cars turned over everywhere. Just, just <laughs> riots in the streets, man. Yeah. But, uh, but we did just get back from San Francisco. Hence while we're recording late because, uh, my wife, the, the big, uh, pothead here, uh, Harry Potter, if you will. Uh, we went. I was to... like, "What? What's he doing with it? What's going on?" Oh, I mean, I don't, Harry I don't know. I don't know if Harry Potter fans actually call themselves potheads. Uh, it just uh, seems we're showing our sense. cards. <laughs> but uh, she got tickets to the Cursed Child, which, if anyone's unfamiliar, if you're outside of the Harry Potter universe, this is the stage play for kind of the sequel to the to Harry's story if you will. So, we're not talking like prequel Fantastic Beasts where like sometimes you see like Dumbledore show up and maybe if the if the movies are running out of steam, you'll see more and more Hogwarts ca- castle in the future. But no, this is I, I would say a, a proper sequel to Harry's story. Um, I didn't realize this, but I don't believe it was written by J.K. Rowling. That's what my wife said. I, she said two other people wrote it, but they got her blessing. Yeah, I think I think so yes so we went to check this out uh it originally started um airing in uh, i guess playing i don't know what you what i don't know technically what you call a play when it starts the production started premiered? uh <laughs> yeah premiered uh, yeah the play premiered over in london it was over there i think for a year possibly more and then it finally expanded to new york and san francisco and Maybe someplace else. I'm not sure if there's a fourth location. So uh, it seems like every big player musical eventually goes on the road or hits your town. So I'm definitely not going to spoil anything because it'll take a while till people can finally get around to see it. But I have to say it was really, really fun. It was a really engaging story. Uh, like I said, it's a proper sequel. So you get plenty of Harry. You get his kids in it. You get to see all your all of your favorite faces again. Uh, but the the coolest part about it is you get to see magic on stage, which at first seemed like really, it seemed really out there. I was like, whoa, uh, uh, a stage play where they're pulling off magic. But then I realized they've been doing magic on stages. Uh, that's for, where it originated, Mike. <laughs> for on, all man. of history. But the really cool thing about it is you don't have any of like this fanfare of somebody walking around a box and showing you that there's no wires. It's, just, it's all integrated into like an actual narrative. So it's really cool when you just see like some people on stage, like uh, move their wands and like a chair starts floating and you're just like, whoa, this is like really cool. So all of the technical productions of the play are just awesome. And the play is actually in two parts. So you can see each part on a different day if you want, but we set it all in one day. So you're, you have about like five hours of entertainment split in half. And then each of those half like have an intermission, of course. So usually just before you go out on intermission, something really cool and fantastical happens on stage. And just when you think they've wound up themselves, they do something even more crazy. So like, I mean, so this sounds exactly like a football game. (laughs) <laughs> like you've got four quarters at the Harry Potter play and uh, there there's, you go. there's a big score right before halftime. Uh, but if anybody's familiar with us and this podcast and how we like to think, I was just analyzing every scene, every break of like, okay, this is going to be the movie that's made in 2030. This is going to be the movie that's made in like 2032 when they split and maybe they could stretch this part out and turn it into a trilogy. Um, my, my wife is vehemently opposed to it becoming a movie, but just after watching it, I just feel like all the pieces are just there um the characters that we that we know and love from the original movies i believe they're in their 40s during this play and if you really didn't want to wait for it you can go and buy the script for the play so you could read it now you don't have to wait if you wanted to know the story so i think daniel radcliffe is 
in his early 30s of late 20s i don't really know exactly how old he is so probably right around the time fast fantastic beast wraps up you're talking like perfect timing so i think it really just depends on who warner brothers can coax back in because I, they would need the core three i think to do this for sure uh, so I have to say it was really cool. I really dug the story. They focused on some unexpected characters for the majority of the show that I didn't expect. So uh, I would say all in all, it was a great time. And we had like the we I, I, w- I don't want to say we had the worst seats. We had the furthest back seats. You couldn't go any further back because there was a wall behind us. But even from all the way up in the nosebleeds, we still had a, a really great time. So if you're close enough to New York or San Francisco, or maybe it expands on the road. I I would recommend to go see it, even if you're not a big Harry Potter fan, because just the cool stuff that they pulled off on stage, like it was, it was really rad. So that, that's my uh, howling, rend- uh, that's my howling recommendation for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And on a side note, uh, Chris, have you ever, ever ever heard of a shishito pepper? I got to, I got I, to eat I, a shishito, a shishito pepper. I don't know what uh, you called me, but don't ever do it on the podcast <laughs> again. Is yeah, it a hot you, one, I assume? Uh, no, it's actually not. It's it's the most mild pepper I've ever eaten. They're they're small. They're usually sautéed in like some sort of like soy sauce, teriyaki sauce, or whatever, and you just eat the pepper whole, seeds and all. There's actually a crap ton of seeds inside of each one, and it's like more mild than a green pepper. So if you see shishito mm-hmm. peppers on a menu, order some, impress your friends because it looks like you're about to down like a, a tiny little jalapeno, but uh, they're actually really, really good. So there you go. Those are my recommendations from San Francisco. Wow. Uh, that's what I was up to this weekend, man. Well, I want to drop on my, my, my been video game this weekend. I had uh, my friend's 40th birthday party on mm. Friday night, and it was the, called the Video Game Armageddon. And he is a <laughs> retro video gamer. He, he collects uh, all these systems. I got some of the pictures you sent to the group chat, and uh, we thought you were at some sort of retro video game yeah. museum. Or I thought, like, oh, Chris is at, like, that arcade, the arcade expo. expo thing yeah. he's always talking about. Well, him – so my, my friend and uh, his brother um, actually always have booths there, and they actually have a large presence. So they uh, bring right. a lot of the stuff in for the expo. So they actually – his uh, a brother was able to bring all these classic – working almost mint condition consoles to this birthday party. Oh, and there great. was one machine for every person there. It was a very limited guest list. Uh, and you had to confirm you were coming. And every game had a score. So we all took four minutes playing a game, wrote down our scores, and they tallied these scores up like on a point system, like a ranking system. Mm-hmm. I got third place. I, I can't oh, believe it. Nice Out of like job, Chris. 12 people or, or more. And um, what, what was your top performing game? What got the lion's share of points for you? Uh, typing of the Dead on Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> nice. I, I remember those typing games. Those were all a rage when we were learning how computers worked as children. <laughs> yeah, so it's essentially like a on-rails um, Resident Evil, and you just type out the, these sentences. I don't know who let these sentences like into the game, but they make no <laughs> sense. And some are like really depressing and like straight up creepy as all can be. But um, I was a good like 15 seconds un- uh, ahead of second place. And they were like, yeah, this is, this is yours now. Like you have the high <laughs> score in this game forever. Nice. Uh, but like, you know, I, I, if you follow me on Instagram, you see I, the virtual boy was there. Um, original, like uh, the Sega Coleco, not ColecoVision, um, the Sega handhelds, all three Ataris, 
Um, you had a you had a Super Scope, which people might be familiar yep. with if they play Super Smash Brothers. Yep. Oh well, not Super Smash. Well, it'd be in Super Smash Brothers. It was Super Nintendo Super Scope working because all these TVs were tube TVs. They weren't no no one plays this, these on flat screen. So mm-hmm. um, it was a really really good time, and and it was called the Video Game Armageddon. And um, I, I gotta say, for for someone turning forty, we all felt like we were teenagers again. That, <laughs> that's for sure. Man, but that's great. The most recent video game console, by the way, was a Dreamcast. Um, oh, I, that, that's still that's totally retro. Yeah, everything, everything. What well, that was the latest one, and everything else was beforehand. So, uh, I've got some more pictures. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I mean, th- it was it was a great time. And uh, then I bought the um, game Dragon Ball Kakarot. I've been playing that this weekend because that's you know me. And then last night, my brother in law had a Halo Land party, so we played hey. it all night until three a.m. That's why I'm on four hours of sleep. So, Man, incredibly a uh, nerdy weekend for you, but that's good. That's what we that's what we strive for in our lives. Yeah, well, let's start the year off right, man. Got to got to mm-hmm. got to get it out of the way now because uh, you never know. You just never know. But we're not here to talk. We're here to talk about news, and I'm I'm, I'm going to jump into it because I told Mike at the beginning like I need sleep. I need to edit this. <laughs> so we're going to get into it with the first drop we talked about this last week. Morbius, yes, Sony's vampire film. We were mere hours away from this release during recording the last podcast, but we had that leaked image of mm-hmm. what Morbius looked like, so we were going in very prepared. Yes. So uh, the trailer dropped, and uh, what would you think of it, Chris? Well, honestly, we, we talked about this. Um, the Venom trailer had no Venom. This had Morbius, but do, what's his purpose? What's is, Who's the villain? What's going on here? Is he just He's trying to cure his blood disease, right? Like... Jared Leto has never looked more diseased in a movie than this. And um, he is he Batman? Is is he <laughs> is that what happens? He has the bats hey, come out and he's controlling them. Yeah, I was I had a, I had, I had like a weird relationship with this trailer where at first it started off kind of interesting because like, oh, he's he's a guy looking for a cure. This is all based in science. Okay, this feels very marvelly. I don't really know exactly uh, the origin uh, pinpoint perfect of Morbius in the comic books, but it started off very science focused and then all of a sudden he has like this weird contraption on the side of a cave and a bunch of bats hit him. And yeah. I was like, "Well, that doesn't seem like a very controlled experiment. I'd like to see how they end he, up he explaining that in like, the movie bats like blood Heal yeah me. he's like the only way i'm gonna be cured if i get bit by like ten thousand bats okay well you know do you want to like go into a cave of bats or maybe we can get a bunch of bats shipped here or it's like no 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 i'm gonna stand outside the cave and just have them run at me like i think that's the best way to do it so or, or just, i don't know just milk the little <laughs> bat fangs like you break they, they can they can milk little snake fangs do the bat fangs just inject it like <laughs> yeah. a normal person would don't be crazy yeah. Who it, built uh, this thing in the bat cave, in front of the bat cave? Like, what is it? It looked like high it, tech. Yeah, we have lots of questions. It felt very much like it was in the Venom universe. So whether yeah. that's good for continuity or whether that's bad for quality, like I, it felt like it was edited by like the same type of shop. This, you know, this is Sony Spider-Man universe in a nutshell. This like yeah. the the lingering effects of Spider-Man Three, despite it being awful reviews and all the money it made. That's the lingering effects of how dark and moody yeah. this 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 whole new universe is. I and mean, then I think the um the the thing to me was like it, we've got to talk about this Mike, because it ends literally. There's a shot of Spider Man we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. It's it's in this followed immediately by Michael Keaton. Wow, is yeah, he that- playing Vulture? <laughs> I have, I do have to say, I was not expecting to be shocked in this trailer. Yeah. You know, I, uh, seeing that, I was like, whoa, because we knew that they were going to have that um, Raimi Spider Man 
poster on the wall and we were theorizing, oh, what if this was in the Ram verse and they were just kind of revitalizing that in some weird way. I guess they're just doing it as some sort of just callback to Spider-Man, it, I guess. Well, uh, they're it, not <laughs> It's well that it, well I, they looked into it more that image is the Raimi suit from the Spider-Man PS4 game. And they're they apparently using it as quote unquote like an artist representation of spy the the MCU Spider Man. <laughs> I I guess technically even in yeah. a, any universe that there's superheroes, there's somebody making fan art. Yeah, <laughs> but, Boss uh, Logic Spider Man. Yeah, know, exactly. The, the Sony version version of Boss I had, Logic. I I was shocked to see that. Uh, I, we could only assume that this has to be the Vulture yeah. trying to get a gang of people together. We know Scorpion technically exists in the universe because we saw the character in that post credit scene. So if you if if Venom indeed is a part of this, we have we have four of the Sinister Six. Uh, Mysterio could possibly still be alive. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got two more people to round up the full gang. Uh, but yeah, I have to say I was genuinely surprised to see Michael Keaton. Exactly, and he's doing that. So what's cool is, again, Michael Keaton was Batman, and Jared Leto was the Joker in different movies. And here they are meeting in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are we running out of actors, Mike? Is that, yeah. is that the problem yeah, I, here? Yeah, I would say that's where you're looking. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, point to, I'll point to two other bad things in the trailer I didn't like, and then you know we can decide if we want to move on or not. Uh, I didn't really like the portion of the trailer where he's like, where they're specifically calling out the new powers he has. Mm-hmm. I was like, this just... This just feels like a dumb trite does origin it, story does, scene. Does that not feel like Blade checking all his guns right before he goes into battle? With <laughs> like I was like, I, they have to say it out loud so we know what it is. Yeah, we know. We yeah, know. and uh, number two is I have a really really strong feeling that Michael Keaton is the like the last scene in the trailer, mm-hmm. and we just saw it. So uh, they could totally subvert my expectations and maybe Mike Michael Keaton is actually part of the movie shows up in the third act and he actually affects the way the movie the storyline goes but if he's just post credit scene or even last scene in the movie I'm going to be pissed that they put him in the trailer because they only put him in the trailer to sell tickets then well I, I mean I thought they would just left it alone with Spider-Man but Sony not to be subtle about anything here Spider-Man Vulture I bet Venom is a post credit scene I'm, I'm going to take money. Venom is in the post credits. Tom hey, Hardy at some point. Maybe they'll do two post credit scenes. Uh, he better not be at the end of the movie or I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> uh, you know he's going to be because the, he, this guy, it really feels, he feels like the villain in Iron Man 3. Um, the, the extremist guy, right? He's sick. He's on crutches. He finds this really interesting cure to heal himself, but like at the, the risk of losing like his humanity, right? Because the extremist virus is taking over him. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, there's a sickly Jared Leto, and then like in the trailer, he's like shirt off, ripped Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, like, well, this is it. it. Does, I mean, th- I mean, this does seem to be a uh, story that's per- that's been uh, alive and persistent in Spider-Man's universe for a long time. Of Spider-Man's the lucky kid that got bit by the spider, got the spider powers, and and typically none of the bad qualities while all of his bad guys are connecting with animals in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I don't know. He looks cool. Morbius looks on point, And we mentioned that last week, but yeah. the, the trailer doesn't really, um, doesn't really raise I, my hopes. I'm going to say the same thing I said about Venom. This is probably a movie that would have felt good 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's ten years which, too late. We just which had would have been perfect. Which would have been perfect for the Ramiverse. Yeah, Ramy, however we want to say it. Yeah, the Spider-Man three sequel. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, is a lot of questions. Uh, 
a lot of a lot of a lot of questions out after this one. So I think we're gonna have to keep our eyes on it. But my my first gut reaction to what I'm watching isn't hey this is horrible. It's more like hey this is generic, and and <laughs> we all know that's a that's a worse sin than than being bad. So uh, we'll we'll keep our eyes on it. Knock on wood. But on the other note, this week, also on Monday, we got an extended preview uh, for Black Widow, the upcoming movie here, during some sort of sports ball game, I believe, on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly uh, if any definition of teaser, sneak peek, extended preview, all of these words mean nothing in 2020 now, because this is like a minute and a half trailer. This is a full-on trailer. I mean, if they slapped on just maybe like... 30 seconds from the previous trailer and just mixed it in, they could have just called it Black Widow trailer number two. Well, I think that's what it is. Essentially, it's this is like, hey, here's some bonus footage for the trailer you just watched, like, a month ago. If that. Because a lot of it's like, hey, you got fat, and he's like, it's water weight. And, like, they added just, like, one or two lines (laughs) to this throughout the whole thing. But... David Harbour as, as Red Guardian, he looks funny. He, he looks like he gets some action scenes with Taskmaster, who was the, I think was the highlight of this. That was what they were trying to do, show us more Taskmaster. Yeah, we got to see him fight on a bridge, which might look familiar <laughs> if you've seen kind of those extended looks at the Avengers video game, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So we got to see the shield for the first time, really, in action, rather than just laying there. So he's got the red shield. Um, definitely... It, uh, he imitates Black Widow's flip from the ground to get up. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Like, so he's yeah. mirroring the moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also noticed everyone thought maybe um, the the lady from the Mummy, uh, Rachel Vice, was mm-hmm. Taskmaster. The, in this, you see her fighting Taskmaster in the same place and scene that he's uh, fighting uh, Red Guardian in. Mm-hmm. So uh, she is not Taskmaster unless they are just messing with us in the trailer, as they are known to do. So be wrong also i want to thought the pop vinyls for this came uh, were released the 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 glamour shots mm-hmm. um he taskmaster apparently also has a bow and arrow as well oh that's cool um so um and then um i don't think there's an unmasked version an unhooded version yet so i think they're they're, they're saving that for the big reveal saving you, that for the next trailer <laughs> yeah so i have no idea i mean if it's nobody, why are they hiding it? I think it's somebody relevant. I think I think it's going to be somebody that we we have seen in other MCU movies and just didn't know yet. Or possibly it could be celebrity casting. It could be like a big name and it'd be a, a reveal that this actor is in the movie. That's kind of usually what happens when they mm-hmm. do something like that. Uh, my, my two biggest takeaways from the trailer are this may have been confirmed in a synopsis maybe somewhere, but I just didn't know about it. But they specifically say there's been a resurgence of Black Widows. So uh, we're going to have to go after them, tie up that loose end, clear the red in her ledger. So I don't know if uh, that's their main goal in the movie or if just just black widows are always around and they just got to get around them to maybe stop a nuclear bomb who knows uh-huh. um and number two is we do get to see the Red Guardian kind of fight outside of the suit. Yeah. So um, I, 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 you know, you could you could have guessed maybe the suit could have gave him powers, or maybe he had powers a long time ago but doesn't even more. So it looks like he still has some sort of superhuman ability, no matter what he's wearing, or maybe he's slowed down a little bit because because he's gotten fat. So it looks like he has a superpower in this. Uh, he's got, in this he's, got, a, he's, got, he's got a right hook, man. Those guys went mm-hmm. flying in that gulag he was fighting. <laughs> yeah, so we saw a little bit more of uh, her quote-unquote sister, the blonde-haired girl yeah, in this Yelena. trailer. 
which really starting to make me think we might see this character moving forward in the MCU. Uh, well, it seems like it would be weird to have the Black Widow character just die and not continue the mantle. So well, I think they're trying to set that up. Comic books are known for doing that. You know, the character mm-hmm. exists. The 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 person under the mask is a different person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, essentially kind of like how Captain America is. is becoming the Falcon, whatever. But it is interesting, since this takes place before Infinity War, the outfit that Yelena is wearing is the same outfit um, uh, Natasha has on in Infinity War. So I don't think she makes it out of this. Oh. I think I think Yelena will will not make it out of this one. So yeah, I guess we'll we'll find out one way or another. Yeah, uh, so. but it's a, such a classic comic book trope for a hero to die or retire, and somebody else pick up the mantle. Well, usually in comic books, they come back to life or they come back around to it. But we've yet to see that in in the MCU. So maybe this could be like a soft way to lean the audience into it and be like, hey, this is eventually going to start happening. Get used to it. Here's the first mantle that's been passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting as we're going to see a lot of uh, history catch up with this in the MCU as we mm-hmm. we move forward through this year and the, and the next. Uh, such as Spider-Man, which I believe is coming out next year, right? 2021? 20, is that? I gotta, I'll take I gotta your, look, I I'll look take up your word for it, Chris. <laughs> uh, because they're, gonna fil- they're filming this July, uh, which means that they've got a script in place or they're finishing it up. They've got some plot points. Uh, they're going to have that Morbius stinger at the end of it. You know, <laughs> really, really nailing it home here. But I mean... It's hard to think that Spider-Man is moving so fast in my head. Uh, Yeah, well, also, I feel like I haven't really taken a moment to kind of just sit down and think about the next Spider-Man movie. Obviously, we've been teed up from the next film, where his identity could theoretically be exposed. Uh, He's back in New York. It seemed like they really wanted to say Spidey will be back in New York City proper swinging around uh, big buildings in the next Spider-Man movie because that's where we left off because we've kind of yet to see that iconic um, Mm -hmm. uh, setting for this Tom Holland character but yeah I've yet to sit back and think hmm I wonder who the villain would be it seems like we're going through the ones that we haven't gotten to yet so we got uh, Vulture we got Mysterio you mentioned Sinister Six Craven Mm -hmm. is the one we're missing yeah, that's true. And, you know, I, I see here you got in the notes that uh, you have – will take place in Iceland? Well, they're filming – so they're, they're lining up all the places, uh, New York, Eng, uh, you know, Atlanta, the regular studio sets. But they're going to Iceland, which is the second MCU movie to film in Iceland. The other one was Thor 2. Hmm. So why would Spider-Man and, – and, again, we're not doing Far From Home anymore. Why would they need to film in Iceland? Who would fit in this interesting – you know, kind of setting of, of wilderness and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, if you just do like a, a cursory Google search of Iceland, I mean, it is a very, uh, it's a very uh, naturalistic place, lots of beautiful landscapes, but it's hard to me to picture Craven there. When I think of Craven, I think of like jungles, you know, he's mm-hmm. like going after cheetahs and stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful nature in Iceland, but I don't think of him may- hunting ferocious people there. You know? Maybe he's not hunting, maybe this is where he lives. Mm, maybe because, I suppose because you know maybe he gets away like on Iceland it's a, it's a small place there's not a lot of hunting or will or like you know wildlife there you're gonna go after so maybe this is his getaway 
a little bit. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, who knows? This this could be something as simple as like this is just the second unit of photography that goes there, just to kind of do some pickup shots. Maybe just at the very beginning, we open up and Harry and Aunt May have kind of been in a shield witness protection in Iceland, just kind yeah. of living this like little life, and then and then eventually they find a way to come back to the city. But it seems like they've done this kind of uh, suburbs and not New York. So I feel like all roads will lead back to Manhattan yeah. in, in this next they, movie. They, they need to do it, but I mean, my thing is how is Peter going to get out of this? Um, mm-hmm. Left on a cliffhanger. First time in a long time we've been left on a cliffhanger, Mike. Yeah, and also I j- just thought of this. Craven makes more sense now because Craven will know the identity of Spider-Man now, which makes it a lot easier to hunt him. Yes, e- exactly. And, you know, we're, again, uh, what's five years after, you know, the snap happens? Like, you know, um, what does that look like? What people exist in this world uh, other than, you know, like I said, Mysterio. So um, if they're going to shoot for Sinister Six, now's the time to, to pull some new characters out of their hat. So mm-hmm. uh, fan favorites. They, they've been doing fan favorites. Vulture, Mysterio, they, I feel I feel Craven's right around the corner. So we'll knock on wood. But as Mike said earlier, the Avengers video game has been pushed back four months to September, which is sad. But... More time, they say, more time to polish the game. I've never been upset with someone delaying a game to work on it more. Usually the end result is better. Mike, are you upset about this? You sound uh, like you just don't care at all. Uh, I'll take this. Uh, I'll, I'll take this as a very progressive stance to say that the video game industry really needs to unionize uh, mm-hmm. because I have a feeling they are pushing this back because they're probably like grinding everyone into the dirt to get this game done in time. So I'm glad that they're giving them extra time to finish it. Uh, hopefully, everybody is getting uh, paid what they're worth over there. But it just it seems like a very big creative industry where jobs are very specified and everybody does a very specific thing, which is very very good. Uh, it's a good uh, kind of scaffolding to put a union on top of. So um, uh, I see some flyers down here in Southern California in the L.A. area where there's a lot of video game companies. I see flyers put up on lampposts that say things like know your rights, you know, call this kind of video game uh, attorney. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get something together. So because uh, th- uh, this is on top of some other news of other video games getting uh, delayed, bigger so games. So many games got delayed. Yeah, and it just seems like a storm where all of this happens at once. I wouldn't be surprised if next week we see like some think pieces or hot takes from like Kotaku and like One Up and stuff like that, uh, leading to well, some sort of uh, conclusion around all of these delays. What's interesting? The other one is the Iron Man VR game that we demoed at. I think both of these games were, were San Diego Comic Con, um, mm-hmm. and both of them. So I think what's happening here is Marvel now under Kevin Feige as you know the end all be all right. Mm-hmm. He's probably holding these things to a higher standard than the last people who were doing this. They're like, yeah, get us some, get a game done, make us some money, right? I think he's probably be like, you know what, this doesn't look the best it could be, and it needs to represent my universe. So do do better. Um, take take a month, take a couple months, do it better. I think maybe they're working. Marvel's working as a unit better. I mean, I can't say about other video games. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of problems in the industry, but like. From a Marvel standpoint, if two Marvel games are delayed and they're the only two coming to consoles this year, it's it's probably something at the top of the food chain. If I was a bad man, but yeah, maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll find out. But 
Um, I saw some sentiments out there online that said, uh, I don't care when these games get delayed. I won't get to them for a couple years anyway. And I was like, hey, that, that sounds a lot like me. I'm still playing the Uncharted games, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Did you beat Spider-Man on PlayStation 4? I meant to ask uh, you. Last oh, I, I did. I love that game. Yeah. I was uh, not quite 100% completionist because uh, I never got around to the DLC, but I got pr- I got pretty much all of, like, the, all of the challenges, all the things that you could do. I got them done in the game, but I never got around to, like, unlock all the stuff because I couldn't get all those stupid there's like point the points that you get from Taskmaster mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough of them to get all of the unlockable suits and like I'd like I played this same mission where I beat <laughs> the 20 thugs up a thousand times I can't beat them up any faster I can't get to like the S or A rank or whatever but man yeah I loved it yeah yeah, and that's a good game. I'm, I'm waiting for the next announcement for that. Maybe that'll be this year as well. To but like, hey, this is the the Marvel games this year. Here's the ones in two years, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. video games. That's my weekend. So that's why that's why it's in here. WandaVision, as we know, is filming. Moved up to this year, right, Mike? Working on it. They're casting a character who goes by the name of Hulkling. Are you familiar with Hulkling? Uh, is Hulkling, it sounds very familiar. Is it like a younger Hulk or a yeah. smaller Hulk? <laughs> has nothing to do with the Hulk, actually. He's a, he's oh, okay. a which is funny because he, he looks like, oh, he's, he's, he's a younger teenage green guy, big, bulky, looks like the Hulk, right? Regular, but he's half Kree, half scroll. Um, uh, okay. I, I, I just Googled him here. Yeah. He does look a lot like the Hulk. He's got some more, uh, alien, uh, Alien additions to his skin, though it looks like. Yeah, yeah, he can shape shift. That's the scroll in him, but he's also like a f- warrior, like the Kree kind of thing. And he's LGBT, possibly. Very much looking so. Yes. At, he, look, okay, I was looking at some of the pictures popping up. So <laughs> you got to be careful with that Google search. Um, <laughs> Hulkling is the boyfriend of Scarlet Witch's son, Wiccan, part of the the Young Avengers. Um, so Wiccan is, is part of the LGBT. Uh, and then Hulkling, uh, they were they came out together in the comic book, and then and now they're together. So they're looking to cast Hulkling for this WandaVision show. So are they going to age up the the children? Maybe by the end of this, uh, through magic, is it a, is it a, a quote unquote vision through time of what could have been? Um, but they also say the definition of this character being cast as a scroll who requires help from Sword. They specifically mention Sword to remain safely on Earth. So we did see Sword on those set photos, I believe, didn't we, for, for WandaVision? Uh, something along those lines. It was that, there, or, there was or, something that alluded to it. I'm pretty sure it was WandaVision and not the uh, didn't it, Falcon. Didn't we, didn't we see like a door that had their yeah. logo on it or something like that? Yeah, and I th- I'm pretty sure it's from WandaVision. So th- if that's this, uh, this is the case, then I believe this to be true. Hmm. Well, uh, speaking of a uh, Hulkling, whether it's a Hulk or not, since this is looks like this is our last bit of Marvel news, I listened to uh, this uh, podcast that Kevin Feige was interviewed on back around uh, the holidays. So it took me a while to get to it. Uh, and it's always important uh, to listen to something when Kevin Feige gets interviewed because he has all of the secrets. So uh, they they were talking to him, and he was he was saying it's always really difficult for him in interviews because he's always thinking like so many steps ahead so many years ahead but when he goes in interviews he has to talk about things that are happening like right now so he's always dealing with this uh back and forth and um I could actually pull up the transcript for this podcast, so I could look up the exact verbiage if I want. But he was saying something like uh, he said something along the lines of, 
we want to make another Hulk movie, or maybe we want to make another something movie. And we, when we do that, we have to do these things. So it, like just in passing, Kevin Feige says, like as a theoretical example, we want to make another Hulk movie. And this kind of happened like right around the time we talked about them maybe getting the rights back from, was it Paramount? Yeah. Um, or is it Universal? Universal one of those two? the distribution rights, yes. Yeah, so uh, I, it just I don't know if Kevin Feige maybe let something slip and he didn't realize it, uh, but uh, it seems like there's something in his head where he wants to say, make another Hulk movie. So they've only ever made one Hulk movie, and it was at the infancy of the MCU. So when something like that comes out of Kevin Feige's mouth, whether it's an accident or not, my brain starts uh, rolling around. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see another Hulk movie. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me reading the crystal ball that is Kevin Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a little. I think. What do you do with the Hulk? Because uh, now we have Smart Hulk, right? Um, the 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 combination of Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk. So how do you? What do you? What do you go from there? I guess would be my question. Uh, is it a mm-hmm. Red Hulk? Is it um? Is is he tied into She Hulk somehow and spins back out of that? Like because Feige says you know these characters in Disney Plus will go to the movies. Is there is there like world? We can't do World War Hulk because they did that in Thor Ragnarok, but you know, uh, there's some opportunities uh, for for Hulk. So yeah, definitely. You know, he's saying words, man. He wants you to he wants you to know those words and <laughs> think about them way too much. So, that's right. So yes, yeah, so that's our last bit of Marvel news. We're gonna focus on the other Disney uh, things they do. The studios, um, Disney is dropping Fox from both of their affiliated studio- studios now post merger. So 20th Century Fox will now be 20th Century Studios, and Fox Searchlight will now just be Searchlight Pictures, which means nothing to me. Um, I'm pretty sure the reasoning is they want to distance themselves from Fox News um, and the other Fox things that they didn't connect, but does it bother you? Like, the studios still exist. Does it bother you that they don't say Fox in front of them? Uh, no, not really. I, I didn't look into this because kind of all this broke, I think, on Friday when I was heading up to San Francisco. But I thought I saw somewhere that originally that's what these studios were called, that that Fox actually put the word on front of them. Like it used to be called 20th Century Studios or it used to be called possibly Searchlight Pictures, and then Fox added its name to it. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. I don't know if I read that off of like a tagline of a headline or something like that, but uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, if you spend billions of dollars for a studio, you're going to rebrand it. Uh, I'm sure there's some purists that don't want the 20th Century Fox logo to disappear from the opening crawl, but I I guess I haven't heard of them possibly doing that. I've heard people like, well, now they're going to go back and re-edit the movies. I don't think they're going to go back and re-edit the movies. And if they do, it'll just be on digital. Like, that's just a a hot swap. Uh, But yeah, it was originally 20th Century Pictures um, back in the early 1930s. Um, So yeah, like it is kind of like come full circle for for the kind of the naming system. So. No. Um, oh, real quick, I want to say I just looked up the transcript, so uh, you can read the crystal ball here really, really, really quick too, Chris. So, quote Kevin Feige, he says, "And we have eclectic tastes, and the great thing about Marvel Comics is you can sit down and go, yes, we want to make another Iron Man movie, we want to do another Hulk movie, but we could also say I want to do a World War II movie, uh, we want to do another outer space adventure, I want to do a time travel movie, I want to do a heist film, we want to do a '70s political thriller, we want to do a story which is shooting now." Now about immortals who have been on earth for years so there you go <laughs> the that the, sounds the, nothing like they're making a hulk movie but yes well 
well, there you go. Who knows if he let it slip, but uh, it's always nice well, when a podcast does tra- trans- transcriptions because all I have to do is control F Hulk. Where did he say that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. I wish I wish we had the um, time to do that. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll put it in the I'll put it in the show notes if people want to go read the transcription and see if maybe I'm just making too much. Of it. Well, but I mean, he said, he said there? make an Iron Man movie. Well, do you, do you think he's going to make an Iron Man movie? Another one? Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> You're reaching, buddy, but that's fine. I'll, I'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Sunday night. Um, on that news of 20th Century Studios, um, Star Wars, a big rumor come, going around this week, uh, into the week, as Taika Waititi is rumored to be courting a, for a Star Wars film, uh, like oh. them reaching out to him to do a Star Wars movie. And as you know, he did direct the final episode of The Mandalorian and voiced IG-11 in the show. Uh, some people have also tried to draw the line. Is this the same Star Wars movie Kevin Feige is producing? Would would he re team up with him for this kind of movie? Or yeah, I mean, I mean, all the uh, all the uh, all the ingredients there make sense. You know, like you said, he directed the final episode of The Mandalorian. Um, I kind of liked the, the humor he injected in the very first scene mm-hmm. of the uh, of the of the episode, which you don't really see too much of throughout the rest of the episode. But I mean, I, that's what I love most about Taika Waititi is his humor and his heart too. Yeah. So. I feel like you're going to have to do exactly what we were talking about just before with Kevin Feige, where they're making all of these different types of genre movies for Marvel. It kind of seems like if you want Star Wars to persist in any sort of way, you might have to start doing the same thing with those characters or that universe. Like maybe something funny in the Star Wars realm would be kind of well, good. I mean, but I mean, the the movies, at least the original ones, had a lighthearted tone to them. So either way, I think this could work. I'd like it. Yeah, I mean, the Star Wars is it does have funny moments. I, I definitely agree. But I think if you get out again out of the the Skywalker 40, 60 year window, you have the opportunity to make those other movies. You go to other planets, you go to other characters. It's not all Jedi's lightsabers and you know Sith lords hunting you down in every corner. So um, just like the Mandalorian, right? Mandalorian's eight episodes, not a single thing other than stormtroopers kind of appearing so and this uh this ip star wars has been around for a really long time now so pretty much every director working in hollywood has grown up with this franchise and who would say no to making a star wars movie you know exactly and i'm not mentioning any academy awards in this this podcast my today so i'm not going to however ytd did get some nominations for jojo rabbit Uh, he the mandalorian the last episode was really good everyone really enjoyed it he is so hot right now. So hot right now. He could pick any, any, any franchise he wanted to, to do it if he wanted to. And they'd be like, yeah, make our movie. If you can save Thor, by God, you could do you could do Star Wars. <laughs> and did you hear that, people? Chris does not have the time to talk about Joker right now. I I, I'm we'll not talk talking about anything in there. Like, it's, it's just too, too much that doesn't affect me, and I just don't care this year. But um, but Star Wars, maybe maybe we can get something good out of that. Another horrible thing that happens with the internet these days, Mike, people don't fact check, right? <laughs> uh, there was this bad rumor that lasted all of like two hours that the Kenobi show was being canceled before it even started mm-hmm. filming. And if you thought people would have their pitchforks and torches ready, you were right. Um, <laughs> it was on a parody news site on shared a cryptic tweet on Twitter, 
And then there are quote-unquote fact-checkers for the site, like, made-up stories to defend this, right? Oh, my gosh. Because that's what they do. It's a parody news site. And it just snowballed from there. So far, I think even um, some big newspaper websites had to go out and be like, no, it is not canceled. Like, you people, shut up. <laughs> you got to check your services. I think I told you guys in the group chat just a couple days ago, there's an emoji out there that's a circular white emoji that has a capital J inside of it. I don't know exactly where you get this emoji. Maybe you have to, like, search it on Google and copy-paste it. But in the right context, if you're scrolling fast enough, it kind of looks like the verified badge on Twitter. So you got to be really careful out there because it's not hard to just copy the same avatar and just change your name on Twitter to be something very, very close. You got to be super diligent or you're just going to get scammed. Well, yeah, wasn't somebody shared something in the group chat that was like, is this real? And I was like, no, because they, Oh, it was the, it was the four. It was a. It was a Fortnite Team Fortress. Fan Team poster. Fortress Two. Team Fortress. Yeah, that's what it was. A Netflix show, and it was a. It was a Netflix, but it was spelled wrong. <laughs> but like, the, it was a capital L instead of an I or something like yep, that. So yep, if yep. you just breeze over it, you don't think anything of it. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's that's not real. So um, <laughs> always double check where it's coming from. Is are they known for parody sites? If it's an Onion article, for for God's sakes, no, it's not real. Or more importantly, listen to Superhero Slate because we yes. will let you know all the news, and you won't have to rely on yep. shady, uh, shady sites. We will, <laughs> I, I, we will argue with each other and go to extensive lengths to prove each other wrong if we have to. Uh-huh. By gosh, that's what we like. That's why we like this show. But uh, Kenobi will be happening, and you uh, and McGregor are very excited. I, I'm on season two now of the Clone Wars. Mike, have you made progress? Uh, not yet because I had a, uh, project come down the pipeline just as I started, uh, uh, the Clone Wars, but, uh, I'll be getting it, uh, back up and rolling this week. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, very much. I, I did not know I was on the end of season one earlier and then I was like, oh, this is really awesome. What, uh, this has got to be like, you know, a, a three-parter. And then it's like, no, this is the end of the season. I'm like, <laughs> son of a gun. But the next one picks up really good. So I, I'm very excited for you to meet some of the characters later on, Mike. So you have to keep me posted. We're going to shift gears for the next hypable streaming service, HBO Max, right? Lots of properties, lots of moving pieces here. And apparently, Aquaman is getting an animated show called King of Atlantis, and it's going to be a three-part series on HBO Max. And I heard of this, I'm like, oh, this sounds cool, right? It's family-friendly, and it's going to tell standalone stories with ecological and ethical themes. Uh, Don't I litter mean, the I, ocean, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I guess those are good messages for yeah. sure. It sounds like this just honestly isn't for us. Yeah, uh, we're we're not the audience here. Three part animated series. That's interesting though, because like I thought you were thinking you were saying like oh like this is a three part uh, classic DC yeah. animated movie. Like oh that'll be interesting. They haven't really done that yet. Well, uh, like, yeah, I'm gonna oh. tell you that's the same <laughs> thought process my mind went down whenever I read the. The, the when this news broke and it was the same exact format that my notes are in like, <laughs> Aquaman King of Atlantis three part animated series on HBO Max I'm like great this is awesome <laughs> oh it's a kids cartoon about not putting not using plastic straws it yeah. sounds like I mean like I, like I said uh, it sounds like it's a great message that kids need to learn but it's just not for us yeah I, I mean I agree I, I nothing wrong with messages if we show. if I had children I'd sit them down in front of it and watch it and be like this is your introduction to superheroes yeah. Just I, like Captain Planet, we had to go through. Yeah, exactly, Captain Planet and uh, stuff like that. But, I mean, I always think of, uh, I, I go back to the boys, their version of Aquaman having to do those 
Oh God, kids it, don't need to don't need to see that version, right? But like, like that guy was just like so miserable being that Aquaman, and I'm like, maybe when they're teenagers, because he is a cautionary tale. If you come across a man like this, avoid him; he will ruin your life. <laughs> exactly. That his life sucks too. Uh, yep. p- pity him. Pity him. But that's fine. Instead, HBO Max, we're gonna we're gonna talk about their Green Lantern series in production, right? Greg Berlanti's right. Um, series coming up, and apparently, this series will focus on two parallel stories of Green Lanterns on Earth spanning several decades. So it sounds like we're going to get like a like a older Green Lantern, like maybe an original one, and then one later on maybe Hal Jordan, or a young Hal Jordan, and maybe a young Kyle Rayner. I, I don't know. Um, but two stories over several decades sounds very different for a superhero-style well, story. It, I mean, unless you think of possibly what they have done in Arrow for most of the series, where you flash back to Oliver Queen learning his uh, learning his skills and then current present Oliver Queen. Now, that followed the exact same character in two different avenues. Maybe they'll use the same type of setup uh, for uh, for Green Lantern. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to – it looks like we're going to talk about uh, a large chunk of CW superhero stuff here. So I'll save some of my thoughts until uh, a little later on. But I am looking forward forward to possibly see what a a, a top premium Berlanti show because yes they do have a Titans and Doom Patrol but that was kind of on the DC streaming app I still feel like a budget was possibly a concern in making those shows in some aspect but this is going to be HBO Max this is going to be the launch well, of HBO Max I feel like there'll be more money but, thrown at but, this as opposed to if it came out at another time but also Titans and Doom Patrol don't have anything previously holding them back Mm-hmm. Green Lantern has a Ryan Reynolds movie to make up for, which actually, remember, Taika Waititi was in that movie. So Ryan Reynolds and Taika <laughs> Waititi definitely turned their careers around since that movie came out 10 years ago. But, you uh, but, you know, they, they have that weight of Green Lantern already on it. So, like, how do you make up for that? How do you, like, tell a story that's, you know, that's not, you know, you're not, it's not compared, like, hey, I want to watch Green Lantern. You accidentally go watch the movie instead. Of the TV show. <laughs> no, no, it was a wild trip. Is that Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern movie came out in 2011? So when I was watching some fan edits of movies that came out the last decade, I would see that pop up there. I was like, whoa, that movie came out this last decade. Wow, okay. It's been what a, a long, trip. it's been a long t- 10 years, Mike. <laughs> Very long. Uh, also, one of the stories uh, will be going into in space and cover Sinestro again because. Can't have Green Lantern without Sinestro. Apparently. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense. They're kind of part and parcel, right? Yeah, and Sinestro was a Green Lantern uh, before he became a Yellow Lantern. So um, I'm excited to see the other. I, I'm a big fan of Green Lantern comic books. Um, the Blackest Night storyline is one of my favorite, where they introduce all the other ring colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, if they go down that route, I'm very excited to see that stuff. So, and I feel like I mentioned this probably the last time we talked about Green Lantern, but these special effects will be relatively easy to pull off because these are just all 3D objects that don't really need textures. You just make them green and glow and kind of track their motion. Well, so, that that might work I out. Tell you, for them. I tell you what, you don't don't do the whole suit in CG. Oh and, God, yeah, don't do that. And, and you, we won't have a repeat of last time. That'll probably never happen again. If they're ever going to do a fully CG suit, they're just going to go ahead and make the whole character CG like they do with Spider-Man. Most of the time, Tom Holland's not even there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or Iron Man. Like uh, I think he uh, like might wear the shoulder pads occasionally when he was doing it later. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Green Lantern, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I've got no 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 qualms with this. Uh, for our younger listening audience, maybe you'll tune into Star Girl on the uh, DC Universe app. <laughs> one day before it's on the CW. 
There you go. So um, we got a new minute trailer for for Twitter. Look like here, and um, if you like uh, young girls' belly buttons, there's a great shot in this, which is really weird. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> this 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 show is not selling me, Mike. I mean, the coolest part about it is looking at all the old JSA members, like, mm-hmm. and that's really what I pointed out. You can see Our Man, Doctor Midnight, Hot Girl, and other JSA members, uh, even. Um, the the Wilson Luke Wilson this gets a big robot it looks like was that Full Metal Alch- that look Full Metal Alchemist you? Like <laughs> yeah we do get we do get to see the robot but there I I just realized that there could be a, a group of people listening to the podcast that could be yelling at us because I think the last time we talked about Star Girl I was like where's her big robot that we talked all about I want to see what it looks like well when I was watching the crossover which we'll talk about here momentarily they do lots of like flashes to other worlds and we get to see different characters and different people and different groups and there is a shot where you get to kind of see that robot so i believe that robot shows up maybe in legends because isn't i think starman does show up in legends i don't know if he's a if he's a character that sticks around or if they only see him when they go and pass like i said i don't watch legends but they did show that robot in the crossover so i don't know if that's like what seeing what's coming or this could have been around for a while but this is my long-winded say we get to see a little bit of the robot in this trailer which is what i said i wanted to see last time we saw a trailer we got a little bit of the robot i'm pretty sure stargirl and starman in the jsa were in legends i think they already they've already had their appearances but i don't think they had the robot dude um he was like the sidekick and what is it called like the staff of destiny or something really generic like that the um, staff looks cool. I mean, we we both agreed it looked pretty cool in the first trailer, so that's continued through to this trailer. Yeah. Uh, I still kind of like the story idea of you know uh, of a sidekick, like like so we don't have the hero proper around anymore, but we kind of have the sidekick left behind to tell the story. Usually, yeah. it's the other way around: the sidekicks die and the hero lives. So I'll be interested to see how that goes, but. It seems like most of these CW shows, once you kind of get past season one and a half, they've kind of run through all of their really good stuff, and then you're just kind of sticking around if you like the charisma of some of the actors. Well, so what's interesting is this is announced as a DC Universe show, right? Because um, mm-hmm. premiering there first, but this trailer is branded CW all over it. So is the CD, CW footing the bill and DC's like, hey, we want to stream it a day early? Or or what's going? on? What is the sharing on this? Because I'm I'm confused. <laughs> all, all, it's all it's. I feel like it's all vertical integration. It doesn't matter. All the money trickles up to, weirdly well, enough, AT and T. If you believe it or not, so well, it's kind I, of it's I, a I strange. I only say that because after <laughs> the ending of Crisis, we, we're going to talk about this. That's when I start questioning these things now because it was confusing before, and uh, we, we'll we'll talk about it here in a minute. So, mm-hmm. um, but on that note, for the CW. Since Arrow is ending, I think there's only like what maybe two or three episodes left. I think I think there's two episodes left, and I was checking it out the other day on the Wikipedia. I think the last episode could be like maybe two hours long or something. There seemed there when I was looking at kind of the rows in Wikipedia, it seemed like three episode titles were kind of crammed into that last column. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so to replace that, the CW has done a spinoff from Supergirl. With uh, was it Superman and Lois is what it's called? Uh-huh. I want to say Lois and Clark, but that was a show from the nineties, <laughs> and they ordered it straight to series on the CW. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty confident. Usually you get the pilot first, but I guess these characters have already been introduced and have been alive and well on TV for a while, so they've already been proven. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think this is a prequel, so this could be a pretty big spoiler for the crossover because yeah. this was announced, so obviously they don't die, you know, and this yeah. and they like to keep a continuity within their well, universes. If the shows didn't end after Crisis, Mike. I assume we're all <laughs> we all assume there. Like even Arrow didn't end at Crisis, and and it totally could have. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just I mean I think this is cool to get a, you know Superman show. Does this mean that Superman is now off limits in the movies, or they they just don't care anymore? It doesn't matter. I think it's at this point in time, AT&T is just like, whatever makes us money. <laughs> just make some money. We're trying to launch a streaming service here. Yeah, it's, it's true. Well, I mean, but these aren't on that. So um, I think they, it's going to... All, all roads lead to HBO Max. They'll end up there eventually because they used to land on Netflix. Now they're just going to land on HBO Max. Maybe. We'll, we'll see because, I mean, CW Network Television is a whole different beast. But either way, debut later this year, 2021 season... Um, We'll see how Superman goes. Um, hopefully, it's a it's a good one for all you Superman fans out there. Henry Cavill's busy being the Witcher. He ain't coming back. <laughs> he done. He dyed his hair white, and and he's just living that life now. So toss a coin to him. <laughs> he needs it. Crisis on Infinite Earths. There are spoilers ahead if you haven't Ooh, watched it, buddy. Yeah, check out the time codes. Maybe jump ahead uh, a couple minutes here. But uh, I kept my promise. I watched every five. I watched every part, which was five parts. Uh-huh. It was extensive. Uh, I think the last crossover was three parts or possibly four, but at least you got it all in one week. You know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the it was hard because that was when Batwoman got introduced for the first time last year. Before mm-hmm. she got a show, so yeah, I remember. I remember when the crossovers, like you would start with Supergirl, but like only like the last ten minutes of the episode was technically part of the crossover. So this was every second was the crossover. Yeah, so uh, five episodes across two months. <laughs> uh, I I don't envy anyone who watches this live. That's for sure. I tried to watch the first episode. I I couldn't watch them all. So I just read the recaps, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you here because I couldn't get past <laughs> the first one. I was like, this is not for me. I'm, I'm, if I if I stick with this, I'm just gonna be mad at the end of it. Um, but apparently, at the end of it now, all the universes for the TV shows, at least uh, that are currently airing, have been merged into one Earth Prime. Now. Yes, which when you watch the last episode, really all that means is Supergirl is now on everybody else's planet. But I guess technically, I did. I, I yeah, I didn't know this until I was watching part four. But Chris Williams, Black Lightning, was from technically a different universe. But he was in like a different. Te- he was basically in Atlanta. I don't know <laughs> if I mean that's where they filmed. So even the production was kind of in a different city. So you could have just assumed that they were operating in the same universe anyway, and everyone probably would have been fine with it. So yeah, we did. I at least learned that was in a different universe. So yeah, they're all together on the same planet uh the fracturedness of supergirl air- airing on a different network cbs well, if you don't remember that people out there yeah. has all been resolved they're all on one planet exactly now. and the other streaming services and previous shows now ag- act as separate universes um so like um titans is its own universe doom patrol is a separate universe which is very titans. confusing because there's a whole montage where they show they they show doom patrol they show the characters like dancing around on a front lawn and then they show the titans 
and then uh, they show other planets getting vaporized. So they made a point to say the Earth has now merged, but so uh, technically are the Titans dead, but we're just going to continue them in just like a different world where it doesn't matter. There's no way they'll ever cross. I don't know. It was very confusing. Uh, a sky beam came out of Oliver Queen's face and it, it united everybody, but he was turned, he turned into a ghost or uh, some sort of like harbinger, like the watcher or something like that. And then, uh, I don't know. It was very confusing. Uh, I, you know, I'll go ahead and say I watched all five parts. Yeah. I, I have watched the majority of the flash, um, of all flash episodes. I've watched a decent chunk of arrow to kind of understand the characters and where they're at. I'm not caught up obviously, but I'd have a solid knowledge of it. I've seen a little bit of uh, legends of tomorrow. I haven't seen any Batwoman, but I see, I saw her introduction in the last crossover. I seen a, uh, a decent handful of episodes of black lightning. So I have working knowledge of this universe and man was this crossover boring <laughs> me and my wife sat on the couch watched all five parts just to be completionist and it was just it was just really boring it was manic it was all over the place one of my biggest pet peeves of flash is when they have to do the sciency mumbo jumbo um exposition just to get the plot moving and this whole crossover is just mumbo jumbo left and right coming out of nowhere and it was just boring it seemed like they were filling a couple episodes stretching the plot you know sometimes we do complain about when you get these big ensembles together all they really have to do is fight hordes of things and there is hordes fighting in this they're fighting some sort of ghost demons i don't really know exactly what they were and uh some characters could kill them by shooting with an arrow or blasting with energy. And then there was just this random like professor that was just slapping them with his normal human hands and then they were disappearing. So that was really weird. I didn't understand that. Um, But most of these episodes, they were just fighting this nebulous wave that was destroying planets. So it's just like, how does a group of people fight a wave? There's like a treadmill that uh, they have to stop. Man, it was, it was, it was bizarre. That's because all their money went into cameos and, Boy, did they not pull any stops on the Yeah, on the I have cameo. to say, that's basically why we kept watching it. Yeah. We wanted to see what the next cameo was going to be. And I have to say, since I don't watch Supergirl really at all, I would say that's my biggest blind spot. I really like the guy who they have playing Lex Luthor. His name's John John Cryer. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, I thought he – I loved his Lex. And now that Lex is kind of in the universe proper with the Flash and he's kind – I think he's like the mayor or the president. No, he's president now. I don't think I he's think. president. I think he's mayor. He's uh, But he's kind of in charge. And it, and just to let everybody know, all of these worlds are together now, but it's like a it's almost kind of like a time travel situation where all of the heroes know all the events that happen, but all of the people that inhabit the planet are just like, no, this is how it's always been. And, this is just business as usual. And um, again, spoiler for tonight's Batwoman is like some people who existed on both Earths exist as like twin or duplicates on the same world now yeah now i uh, since i was going back and i was rewatching the, the parts i didn't see i really liked kevin conroy's edition to this uh people oh, were, man, that's what i heard people hated the most well, i mean i you got to go into these things with such low expectations yeah. i just thought i love to see him act i like seeing him act as a real person he was in this she was in this suit that let him move and uh, because he was just uh, broken down, and then he'd become this bittered, just Batman that just wanted to murder people, and he hated the world. And well, I was like, I love this. Ev- I loved everything about Kevin Conroy. Everyone wanted. Crossover. I think everyone set their expectations for Batman Beyond. 
him playing yeah. that version. And then like, no, he's actually an evil Batman. Uh, no, I love, I loved it, but uh, I, I, you might not have gotten this out of the uh, synopsis, but he dies yeah. in the corniest way of they're in the bat cave and he gets pushed into like an exposed battery. Like, it's not like when you throw a character against like a computer panel and then like old computers used to, I guess, just go haywire if anybody fell on the keyboard, but no, he hits like some sort of box and then a suit short circuits and then he dies. And it just was dumb. And I was just rolling my eyes. But when he was alive, I loved all of those bits. So there's, there's little bits of hope in here where I love the bits that I saw, but overwhelmingly it was bad. But I think we're just biding time until we talk about the biggest, most shocking well, cameo that I don't think we ever thought was going to happen. Well, uh, yes, but I want to throw. They do reference um, Batman '89 or in the episode one. They even got Burt um, Ward, who played uh, you know '66 uh, Robin. Yep, mm-hmm. and he it, said something Jiminy Joker. Holy crimson skies of death! Yeah, I have written down that's here. what it was. The uh, Smallville universe made an appearance here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we all knew Brandon Ruth as as a as a Superman uh, conversion. I, I really liked seeing him as Superman again. He fills out the suit so much better than who they have playing uh, Superman now. I don't know who that actor is. I'm sure he's a nice guy, yeah. but when you have like Brandon Routh standing next to him, who's like a good like. I would say half a foot taller yeah. and uh, much beefier. I don't know if he worked out extra for the role, knowing that he was going to be back in the suit again. But, man, I thought he looked great. Well, I love seeing him in that suit again. Well, you also had Jonah Hex. I don't know if you cut this. There is one, uh, I think, early on, uh, maybe in Episode 3, the 2002 Birds of Prey TV series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, like, what is this Black Canary? The, and the then, Huntress, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, it was the Huntress, and I was just like, Oh, this is from that bad Birds of Prey show, yep. isn't it? <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Lucifer uh, made made an appearance mm-hmm. in this from the the show that's on on Netflix. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of going through a lot of these lists here because I was like I was I was kind of taking my own notes. But you're right. The biggest thing here is the very final um, reveal, and they pulled out all the budget probably to get oh. Ezra Miller. From his movie Flash suit in here with the um, Barry <laughs> Allen from the regular TV show. Yeah, and it was such a shocking moment that you just had to ignore that it didn't make any sense because this was after all of the universes had been destroyed. So I don't even know if like Barry Allen was hallucinating or what exactly was happening. And then then the scene didn't even really make any sense it, because like he was calling him the Flash, but then Ezra Miller was just like, wait, what's the Flash? That's a good name. So was this supposed to be like Barry Allen first gets his suit? He doesn't have a name yet, well, but he then he did, travels through the Speed Force, and then that, that's how he gets his name of the Flash? He, if if we remember Justice League, which is very hard sometimes, um, <laughs> he didn't have the name The Flash in there either because oh, he, he was didn't? getting named from, from Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. Maybe. But, yeah, I, I, it still doesn't make any sense. But, <laughs> well, but it, apparently they were there in real life together, right? But they, uh-huh. the, the the speed force effects were so heavily on this. I thought it was fake the whole time. Uh-huh. I thought they got well, they, like green screen. They, they actually touch each other. Unfortunately, this was spoiled for me because I didn't get around to watching the crossover until after part was, four aired. It was all over so, the news. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was gifts all over the place. But I thought since it was a very locked down kind of plain shot, 
I thought maybe it was like a comp. Like I thought, like oh, somebody made the cro- that somebody made the cameo that they wish could have happened. So I still went in, it went into it thinking it wasn't going to happen. And then when he showed up on screen, I said, "Holy shit, they got him!" And it makes me think it must have been. It must have just been all handshakes and favors because I feel like money wasn't exchanged here. Yeah. It seemed like Ezra Miller likes being the Flash. He probably watches the TV show. Maybe he's uh, friends with Grant Gustin in some aspect. So he's just so the director or the showrunner or Greg Berlanti well, was just like, do you think you could just grab the suit out of your closet and home and just show up here one day and just put it, it on? Don't don't ask anyone permission. We'll we'll ask forgiveness later, and we're just going to do this guerrilla style. Don't tell anyone about it. We probably well, don't aren't allowed to do it. Well, no, I mean apparently they did ask him, and they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then he just drove onto the lot that day. Like no, like they didn't even have to hide it to make it happen. And I don't know if that's because nobody watches these shows anymore, but no, okay. Uh, but anything like that. But also, I wrote down um, Swamp Thing made an appearance. Uh, yeah. That show's canceled. Uh, but it was just, it just seemed like B roll. They just, yeah. like, asked for a clip. From do you, the, do you the want show? a montage of all the DC shows <laughs> currently going on? Uh, Green Lanterns were there. Uh, they had the Green Lantern icon, I think, because they were on one of the planets, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was from. I was like, is this from the Green Lantern movie that I never got around to watching? Because uh, I couldn't recognize People the shot. It said that it like, kind of looked like it, but it wasn't. But I think they were setting up the, the upcoming TV show on HBO uh, Max. Yeah, yeah, that could have been possible. I mean, I feel like the best way to watch the crossover is just to go on YouTube, and I'm sure somebody's made a supercut of all the cameos. And maybe somebody has made a supercut of all of the um, – if the cameos also reference all of the other shows. Uh, but it is just a slog to get through. Well, and the last thing I want to throw on, finally, finally, now all these shows are together. They have the Hall of Justice. Yeah, that that was nice. Like, that hey, was nice because it – <laughs> All these people are finally together. It's really connected for once. Yeah, because at the very end, it's like a it's a memorial for Oliver. They put his suit in a glass case. Then I made a snarky remark to my wife. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure this is what Oliver Queen always wanted, his suit on display in an empty airplane hangar <laughs> that they've used in every other crossover. But then they pull out to reveal that the facade on the outside looks like the Hall of Justice. Like, okay, this is, this is nice. Okay, so, you know, I, I think I was just in a bad mood by the time I got to the end of part. <laughs> five they should have made this three parts they should have torn out all the fluff that didn't matter but they wanted to get just, as much revenue out of it as possible just three episodes of, of here's the clips from all the other oh, shows you're not and watching I, and I had to watch it on the CW app so I had to sit through like so many Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg political commercials and then the same Apple slow fee commercials because that's the thing that truly sucks about commercials on the internet because at the very least if you're watching commercials like on a normal cable box you usually get at least not the same commercial 10 times in a row. I saw the same political ad five times. So that was a pain in the ass. So and yeah. The last thing I want to point out there, they reference a character called Gleek. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 as I was Googling it, as I was typing out the letters, who is Gleek? It popped into my head. Oh, it's probably that monkey. The because monkey it was like- from the super friends, wonder twins. Mm-hmm. So they are really, just they didn't even show the monkey they just showed a thing <laughs> with a banana on it so yeah but i i'm hoping this is this is almost this is a soft reboot just for everybody involved just like breathe some fresh air into this you know cut all of the episode orders down for all seasons down to 12 episodes you know and then just give me little bits of that maybe i could actually keep up with that but. yeah 
Wow, yeah, just go watch a just go watch a supercut of the cameos, uh, or else you're just you're not gonna finish it. Read, read a recap; made, it's easier. You, you made you made the right call, Chris. I feel happier than Mike because I did this. I think I think it's yeah. really noticeable because uh, I'm like excited about these cameos, and all I had to do was see a picture of it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, other than that, the probably the only they didn't reference Gotham, which is weird. Um, because no, well, they they did, but it was just in title cards. It would say like Gotham Earth. Uh, oh, you mean the show? The Gotham, show Gotham, Gotham, because that was uh, a, okay. technically a one of the only few DC TV live action shows they didn't reference. Uh, uh, okay. Probably because it's a it's under Fox or whatever. You probably can't yeah. get get the footage well, or whatever. But Lucifer was. So. Well, I guess, but I guess maybe, maybe since it was through Netflix, maybe things were floating. I don't know. Well, either way, Gotham. I'm trying to segue into the next point, Mike, which is the <laughs> Batman. Damn. Um, so right now they're filming the Batman. We have a Colin Farrell went out to get some Starbucks while he's filming, and they got him all grayed up as a penguin here. I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm not trying to body shame. I don't know what Colin Farrell's been doing, but he's looking slightly more casual if you will a little bit more relaxed well, usually when i see yeah so i don't know if he's trying to adapt to the role a little bit more uh but yeah it looks like he wants his uh he wants his uh, pinstripe vest maybe to pop out a little bit more it, he's, he's wearing it it looks I and mean, he's wearing these really baggy pants and these like really genetic shoes like over some i think he's wearing something under this for filming and like he just slipped it on to go get a starbucks real fast because if i saw this person i wouldn't think it's colin farrell with that the white hair going on he really likes that v spike in the front doesn't he like that was just like his uh he had the slick back hair i know in the fantastic beast but i mean Mm -hmm. i see it um do you remember when he was bullseye and he had the bullseye (laughs) carved in his head boy do i remember yeah so um i think they're a different look for penguin even than we thought i thought they'd have him with the black hair slick back but looks like he's aged up a little bit Mm -hmm. like an older penguin but that's fine for people who like the watchmen uh, but hate Damon Lindelof. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, those crowds out there. So season two says there, it's unlikely are the reports because Damon Lindelof doesn't want to come back and do a season two. He did a show that had an ending for once, Mike. He's leaving <laughs> it on a high note. But I, I bet you HBO will still make a season two. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this was this was a knock out of the park for them. They really needed something like this after Game of Thrones ended. Um, I don't think this was something that could have possibly been transformed into something like Game of Thrones, but they have a hit on their hands. They're not just going to let it go, especially when they have like new management and it's a whole new streaming network that's going to be launched. Uh, I think Damon Lindelof does not own The Watchmen. Nope. Uh, and, uh, he said he even AT- gave the blessing for HBO to like, hey, keep doing it. He's yeah, like, I and, just and, don't want to do it. <laughs> and like we said earlier, AT&T, I guess, technically owns all of this now. So I, I, you could you could see this as a good thing, as in like David Lindelof put his spin on The Watchmen. He made a great season and he moved along. Now maybe let's just make it a thing. Make it kind of like a maybe like a Cloverfield-esque thing where you bring in a different director, a different creative person with the mind of make one season of Watchmen in this world, do what you want to do, add your flair to it, have it a definitive well, ending, and then we're going to pass it along to the next person. I think that could be a fun way to anthologize it. The Watchmen, I mean, technically it didn't have a definitive ending because of uh, what's-his-face, uh, Adrian Veidt getting arrested there at the end because they all thought he was dead. But, like, I really think there's a great opportunity here for them to touch on the guy who played Night Owl that they didn't do mm-hmm. in this, being in jail with Adrian Veidt. And then did the lady get the powers or not, you know, kind of thing. Like, there's a bunch of characters here. I'd like to. I'd like to go back to it. 
I really, really liked uh Yeah. What's his face? Um uh Tim Blake Nelson even. Yeah. So there's a there's an appetite here for sure. And I mean if you just if if you just know the way money works, they'll make more of it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I just don't understand the, the mentality. Everyone's like, well, Lindelof isn't coming back, so they're not doing Watchmen. I'm like, it's like so Lindelof didn't make the movie, and yeah. he doesn't need to be there to make more Watchmen. He doesn't need to be there to make more Watchmen. And, you know, if they've set the bar this high, you know, maybe they'll continue with it. But um, sometimes season twos are, in fact, a letdown. So we'll, we'll go either way. Speaking of season twos, it might be let down. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Star Trek Picard gets a season two order ahead of the premiere of the first one on... Uh, CBS All Access. Um, that's good. I guess get Patrick Stewart before he gets too old. Yeah. What does this mean? What do we take away from it? Uh, I know CBS All not. Access. I know they need content. Uh, I'm sure they've gotten a little bit of infusion of money from merging uh, with Viacom yet again. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious what's going to happen just to the streaming service in general. Because uh, uh, when AT&T wanted to launch a C- streaming service, they just bolted on the HBO Max and they juiced it up. Is that what Viacom is going to do with CBS? Or are they going to juice up and maybe just drop CBS and we'll just call it All Access? Uh, I don't know, but the streaming wars are afoot. Star Trek Discovery is the other show on there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that available anywhere but CBS All Access? No, I think that is an exclusive. I've heard both sides of the coin for that show. I've heard some people say they really, really like it. Critics dig it. It's a really good show. And then I've heard Star Trek purists uh, say it's trash and they hate it. <laughs> false. You can buy the seasons on streaming services. Oh. Oh. Oh, what do you mean by this? Oh, you mean like go on Amazon like, and buy the season? It's season? on Amazon right now. And you can uh, buy okay. the whole yeah. season. So. Do they need CBS All Access if you can buy I mean, the stuff everywhere sense. else? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't uh, isn't it also like on Netflix if you're just in different regions? I think it might be. Yeah, be the case. globally the rights are a whole the, different thing. They'll sure all that stuff up once uh, Viacom <laughs> figures out what the hell's going on. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so because Disney Plus isn't even hitting Australia. I think till November of this year. So like the rights for like streaming globally are a whole different thing, and I don't want we're we are not the experts on that by any means, but I'm I'm surprised really that you know you could actually buy this show rather than you have to go stream it. I guess is my you know that thing. that's something I've been doing uh more recently. Uh, my wife really likes the show Shit's Creek. I like it too. I just don't uh I don't watch it as much as she does, and we've just been watching it as it's been on Netflix. But the last the final season has just started to premiere and you know since she's such a huge fan she didn't want to wait around for it to drop on Netflix because then there's a big chance that the last episode could be spoiled so she was watching the first episode on Pop TV streaming app which was ad supported but then she sadly found out that episode 2 was locked you had to have a cable subscription to get to it which is really stupid I hate that Uh, props to CW for not locking any of their stuff behind a cable subscription Uh, so we just went on Amazon and we bought the last season for like 25 bucks no commercials stream it uh the next day i believe so uh yeah if anyone out there wants doesn't want cbs all access but wants to watch this star trek series just go buy it just yeah. buy it it's not that big of a deal like you blow 25 bucks on dumb shit all the time Let me see. pull it up on <laughs> apple what's the apple price here if i want to buy star trek it's you the stuff is usually even cheaper once it's after it's premiered like if you want to watch it week by week you have to pay a little bit more but you, you can get old seasons of stuff for like 10 bucks it's Four- you know you can 
14 episodes is $35 for this hey, show. Hey, that's that's not bad. And each episode's like an hour long. Yeah. That's a good price. Yeah, about an hour. So if, you, if you're Star Trek fans, I mean, it's, it's a very, if you want to test it, your waters, you can stream it, of course. But like, again, like I said, if they want to, if they want people to sign for CBS All Access, right, don't give me the option to go buy it somewhere else. <laughs> because I will probably go buy it. Because isn't All yeah, Access yeah, ad supported? Uh, Chris, are you uh, are you getting consulting money from CBS now? No, not at all. Because they would <laughs> definitely fire me for that. Because... I think you, I think you need I think you need to bill them. Yeah, probably. But I'm just saying, like, is all access ad supported? Because I mean, this would be a Mike thing. No, I don't. I don't believe there's an ad supported tier. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Because um, I just thought it was like one of those things you pay and you get ads already. But like, uh, no, this ain't Quibi, Chris. You're thinking of Quibi. I don't. There's so many. <laughs> options out there i don't know if i'm coming Pe- i think i think peacock just oh. last week had their like um keynote uh thing where they showed off the app and man i know i'm always shilling out here for supporting the streaming services but i just got so i just got so sad when i saw the screenshots of the office tile in a different streaming service and i'm just like at least when Netflix was invented, they were innovating, and then at least HBO Max just kind of changed their content to a streaming service. Like, Peacock just seems like there's no fun in it. At least Quibi's kind of trying to do cool technology stuff on top of their well, platform. This is just NBC Universal going, we know you want to watch The Office, now we've locked it into a different subscription right, service. Right, so they've so, pulled cable on you in the streaming <laughs> service. Well, this is this is a perfect opportunity to just give them the middle finger, go buy the office digitally on like iTunes or wherever you watch it or just digitize it and put it in your Plex server cuz that's the only reason you want Peacock is just to watch uh just to watch I don't that like show. I don't Maybe. like the office. So Well, there I'm you go. I'm, you not, even, I'm not I'm not I'm uh, not You don't even have to worry. I don't have to worry Chris. about it, but Yeah, we are we are in a world of world of streaming stuff. Lastly, I want to end on an interesting, the most interesting trailer I have seen this year, Mike. Uh-huh. Uh, the year's so young. But uh, Guns Akimbo. Um, we've all seen this picture of um, Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> in his bathrobe and slippers but, and guns in his hands, right? You're like, yeah, that's what was really funny. I was watching this trailer, and I had that. It's like a meme, basically, yeah. now. It's like, this and is what I was Mondays just like, feel oh, like, I was like, I was like, oh, this is where the meme's from. I thought this movie came out a while ago. Because I think when he did that movie, like right after Harry Potter, called Horns, yeah. he like I think he also maybe had a gun, like a revolver, and he had horns, and maybe there was other people mentioning, you know, oh Harry's like uh, Harry's having a rough time after leaving school or whatever. <laughs> um, so I thought this was old, but I was like, oh, this movie was not even out yet. Weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it's like already debuted at a film festival, so people people have seen it, but this trailer when it started i immediately got scott pilgrim vibes because somebody bumps into him and the sonic rings fall out of him and then there's like floating emojis behind him and then guess what that's all lost because he now has guns bolted to his hands for is the rest this of the based trailer. off is this based off a graphic novel is this an adapted property because that's such a bizarre decision to make that it seems like it comes right off a comic book because you literally like see the bolts through his hand he's like been crucified with two handguns and i think that's when the trailer really took off for me because the beginning of it just kind of seems generic it kind of seems like there's a movie that came out a couple years ago about like oh it's like a social network game and 
uh, maybe like James Franco was in it and him and like a teenage girl had to run around the city to solve these tasks. So Mm -hmm. some people didn't die in an elevator. I don't, I don't remember. So those are the vibes I got at the beginning of this. I was like, Oh God, no one's going to watch this movie. But then all of a sudden there's guns bolted to his hands and there's just like weird, crazy stuff happening. So it's like the running man meets like modern social media kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe throwing a little bit of crank yeah. in there. Um, it, this is going to be a binary movie for sure. It's either going to be so weird and so off the wall, and it's going to have so much like flavor and style to it, I'm just going to love everything about it, or it's going to totally fall flat, and I'm going to hate every second of it. Like I can't imagine me watching this movie and going like, yeah, it was all right. Well, I just don't think that it happened. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> in the 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 realm of crank, this movie's ninety five minutes long. Hey, so they don't nice. drag it out. Um, I am absolutely in love with Riss Darby as the homeless man in this yet again. Oh, yeah. Um, you may remember him from the most recent Jumanji uh, as the uh, airplane guy. I remember he was on Flight of the Concords as like the pain manager, but like him as this crazy homeless man with his accent is just fantastic. And he's like, don't, he's like, don't blow your head off or that's going to make you even more depressed and you'll have a fucked up face. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I would do that if I were you. Uh, cause he's like, he's like, you most likely won't, yeah. won't die. But like he's, he's a lace. There's two trailers for this out there, Mike. I don't know if you know this. Um, oh. we have the red band trailer in our notes, which is the funnier of the two. The other uh, one's very so, generic. I would assume it's uh, I don't, remember but i would assume it's rated r if there's a red band trailer so that's a good sign too yeah i can't i can't think i mean they filmed it's a new zealand production uh i'm pretty sure it's r-rated i don't see it yet um on here but it's coming out march 5th in in the uh, united states so uh i thought it was funny to see again daniel radcliffe um totally acting against harry potter type yeah and to 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 just bring this thing full circle go watch guns akimbo and then in about 10 years you can watch daniel radcliffe again in the cursed child more than likely i don't remember the last other movie daniel radcliffe did but i remember he was what swiss army man yeah swiss army man was great he um when when i was home for the holidays uh i got to see television commercials for the first time in a while and they were they kept showing the the television show that he's on called miracle workers like a season one was kind of like this standalone story of like God coming to earth. And I think he opened up like a restaurant or something like that. And Daniel Radcliffe played like an angel. And now they're doing Miracle Worker season two, where it's like an anthology thing where it's not about God or religion anymore. It's about just like Daniel Radcliffe is some sort of like stupid king in like in, in the Middle Ages. And he like, um, uh, Steve Buscemi does something in it too because Steve Buscemi is also part of this world. So uh, yeah, he's got that TV show Miracle Workers out there. Uh, a recommendation from uh, from Dad of the podcast John Royer. He watched season one and really liked it. Um, <laughs> so I, I yeah, it's it's my dad approved. So if you want more Dan Radcliffe, go watch Swiss Army Man and then uh, Miracle yeah. Workers. You could also go watch him in Playmobil the movie. Um, oh god <laughs> he was the main voice i believe it's rex no Nasser. chris that that never happened i don't know what you're talking yeah, about <laughs> uh, I, I think i think it actually uh made negative dollars at the box office <laughs> i think i think they owe money uh so um yeah i mean i think i think it was a funny trailer to, to end the show on so uh the show is now over uh i've overstayed my welcome mike it is much later than i thought it would be so i'm gonna wrap this up and i'm gonna get to bed probably so where can people find you at 
Well, that's really easy to do. All you got to do is follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or you can head over to Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, check out some of those pics I took this weekend with the light gun and the uh, the virtual boy. The inside of a virtual boy was pretty cool. Um, you can also uh, meet me at C2E2 next month into February. Uh, I know some people are going who listen to the show, so I, I'm planning to meet everybody there. And my favorite episode of the year, uh, Mike, is next week where we get to predict what the Super Bowl trailers will be. Uh, because in two weeks, we will be doing two episodes for the Super Bowl. So, um, as usual, you know, our tradition. We've, we've done it every year for five years now. So, um, yeah. If people want to know more about our show and where we can listen to all these beautiful recordings we do everywhere where can they find us at as always all you got to do is visit superheroslate.com go there and check out our awesome show notes so we talked about a couple trailers here uh, i put the link in there for that kevin feige interview so if you want to read the crystal ball or you can go to that link and just listen to that episode of that podcast uh, you can go check that out there so go 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 there look at our show notes uh see colin farrell's rotund uh, body in progress uh you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify wherever else you love to listen to podcasts like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you, so please reach out and let us know uh, what you want us to talk about, what you're thinking of. Uh, I know Chris didn't want to talk about the Joker and all of its Academy nominations, uh, but if you want him to talk about it, uh, DM, DM him directly, and I, I will eventually get around to it when those Oscars come around, because if he wins, that's news, Chris, well, and we got to talk well, about I'd it. Well, I'd rather talk about it at the end rather than the nominations. Like there you go. Like I don't want to do it twice. Like here's all the nominations, and then in two months we'll talk about who wins. Because what does it mean (laughs) at the end of the day? Who who wins? You know, like what what does that mean? It means a fancy logo on the re-released edition of the DVD. That's what it means, really, at the end of the day, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, like I said, we love hearing from you, yep. and we love our super fans. So if you're a super fan of the show, please reach out and uh, share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, even if it's late into the night and Chris is uh, um, editing under the moonlight. Uh, praise be to Chris. What? I'm going to have to like save that <laughs> snippet and like make that my ringtone now. So There you go. Thank you, Mike. I needed that for this end of uh, the podcast late night thing, and we will see you guys next week. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Don't lie. F*** it. Oh, shit.